Boss Don't Lie Podcast with your host, Anton and regular Steve. Please follow us on Twitter at Balls Don't Lie Pod. That is Balls with a Z. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate all of your support. Without you, none of this will be possible. Now, Balls Don't Lie. Let's go, let's go. Welcome everybody to Balls Don't Lie. I am your host, Regular Steven, and I will be captaining this ship all by my lonesome today. We are going to talk NFL, tons of action from around the weekend. First week, we talked about it last week, it felt weird that the NFL season was already here, but here it is, and it was actually kind of nice. It was different, no fans in the stands, but nice nonetheless, especially if your team got a win this weekend. I'm going to recap the NFL action and then talk in the second segment after the break specifically about the Bears. Very interesting game for the Bears, and we'll break that down. If you are interested, stick around in the second segment. Tomorrow, Anton will be releasing a show recapping tonight's NBA action. We have Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, Game 1 Eastern Conference Finals, followed by Denver against the Clippers, Game 7. So much riding on that Game 7. I mean, so much riding on that Game 1, but that Game 7 is huge. It would be very interesting to see what would happen if the Clippers lose. LeBron would never. LeBron would never be in this scenario in the first place. Up 3-1. Denver has come back, made it very, very fun and interesting. I will be tuning into that. Can't wait. So, Anton will be recapping tonight's games on tomorrow's episode, as well as a more in-depth look at Pittsburgh Steelers' action from last night. They get a win against the Giants' first game of the doubleheader on Monday Night Football, and he will break that down for you more in-depth. So, let's kick it off right away. We already talked last Friday about Chiefs and Texans, so Chiefs take care of business 34-20. Sunday's action kicks off. Good slate of 1 o'clock games. Seahawks take care of business in Atlanta. 38-25. Russell Wilson, big day. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. Matt Ryan did throw for 450 yards, but not enough. So, then you had Bills, Jets. Jets look just the same. They stink. Bills get the win, 27-17. Josh Allen, nice little game for him, 33-46, 312 yards, two touchdowns. Had 57 on the ground and a touchdown there as well. Then you had the Bears, Lions. Not going to spend too much time on this. This one was horrible for three quarters. If you're a Bears fan, it was wonderful. If you're a Lions fan, that all changed in the fourth quarter. And like I said, we will break that down more in the second segment. So stick around with me for that. Then you had kind of a surprise for me. Green Bay goes into Minnesota, gets a 43-34 victory, and I'm not surprised they won as much as how they won. For a lot of that game, it was kind of a blowout. Aaron Rodgers looking like vintage Aaron Rodgers, 32-44, of of 364, and four touchdowns. 
taking care of business. Devontae Adams, if you had him on your fantasy team, you're feeling pretty good. 14 catches, 156, and two scores. Then, in New England, the newly-led quarterback group, quarterback room, Cam Newton shows up in a bright yellow suit with a weird hat. You better come out and play well if you're going to wear that suit. And he did do that. Uh, led the led the game in rushing, 15 carries, 75 yards, two touchdowns. Patriots come away with a 21-11 victory. Not feeling too good about that. For me, I picked the Dolphins to win the AFC East. That's not a good start. Not a good start, especially when Patriots and the Bills, uh, both the teams they should be competing with to win that, both get victories, and especially losing one head-to-head. Ryan Fitzpatrick, three interceptions in that game. Really didn't look good. Uh, The thing is, we'll just have to keep an eye on that. What is their timeline for Tua? I'm guessing it's going to have to do with wins and losses. You start this thing one and five. We'll see. Maybe maybe sooner than that. I don't know. I really don't know. By all accounts, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been very professional about it, even supportive of Tua, been helping him along the way. Obviously, he still has a job to do, but it will be interesting. Keep your eye on that. That's one rookie quarterback I talked about that I'm excited to see, and we'll find out moving forward. You get a bunch of more performances like that. That's the Ryan Fitzpatrick that is the bad Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's Rex Grossman Fitzpatrick. That's, that's not the guy that comes out fits magic early in the year usually rattles off three or four starts gets everybody excited he kind of just started off with a dud so we'll see how he does moving forward but another surprising one the washington football team no longer the redskins get a win against the eagles did not see that coming not that i thought the eagles would be good but i really just didn't think washington would admit wow would win many games especially against division teams like the Eagles, Carson Wentz really didn't look very good. Chase Young, monster, gonna be gonna be a very good one. Pass rusher there. So that was an interesting result. Ron Rivera getting an IV at halftime. Obviously, uh, was diagnosed. It was announced with cancer, and he's still deciding to coach. So getting an IV at halftime, staying with his team, that's very admirable. Uh, so good for them. Kind of, I guess, getting a win. It's been a really weird off season for that team as it has been for everybody but especially them going through the name change all the news coming about about uh, coming out about ownership um you know the the sexual stuff going on the allegations against dan snyder so kind of a really weird time if you're in that organization and especially if you're a player would probably feel kind of weird playing for them so good on them for coming out playing hard for their coach as he's still trying to be there. Uh, Raiders, 34-30 over the Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater, 22-34 over 270. Christian McCaffrey, two scores, 96 on the ground. Uh, Kind of expected that result. If you're the Raiders, you got to get that result. you got to start winning some games, especially against teams like the Panthers. Here's a really surprising one. The Indianapolis Colts fall to the Jacksonville Jaguars, 27-20. The Jacksonville not trying to win Jaguars. Gardner Minshew comes out slinging it, completes like his 19 of his 20, first 20 passes or so. Really not good. Phillip Rivers, two costly interceptions in that game. Not a good look for the Colts. With that extra playoff spot, obviously they're still going to be fighting for that spot. I do believe that. But really not the way you want to start the season, losing to a division team that is really 
by all accounts, I mean, obviously the players on the field are trying to win, but that front office is doing everything to make it so that the players on the field aren't very good. They're kind of getting rid of all their good players. Trevor Lawrence is probably in their sights. Quarterback out of Clemson. Anyways, Jaguars get that win. Ravens come out and smack down the Cleveland Browns. Good Lord. 38-6. Lamar Jackson picks up right where he left off. 20 of 25, 275, and three touchdowns. Very accurate. Did do some damage on the ground as well. Baker Mayfield, no bueno. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but that is just not looking good. If I'm one of those two receivers there, eee, not too happy about Baker Mayfield being my quarterback moving forward. Chargers squeak one out against the Bengals. Missed field goal at the end. Nice led drive by rookie Joe Burrow. Coming up this Thursday, as if 2020 wasn't rough enough, the Thursday night football game is Cincinnati Bengals against the Cleveland Browns. Just to add a little more torture onto our 2020 plate, we have to watch that on Thursday. So what I'm going to try to do is convince myself that I want to see Joe Burrow play and see the Browns train wreck that's hard to look away from. So I guess we'll try to find something interesting on Thursday. Cruel and unusual punishment by the NFL. Buccaneers Saints was kind of a dud. I was really excited for that afternoon game. Offense is not doing much. The whole shootout that I thought we were in for, Brady, couple interceptions, Drew Brees only threw for 160 yards, 34-23, Saints get the win in New Orleans. I think both teams obviously are going to be just fine. It's very early. There's no preseason. Not that it's exactly needed, but especially for a team like Tampa, when you're coming in, new quarterback, a lot of new pieces there. It's going to take a little time for some of these teams. No preseason. So while it didn't look horrible, the product didn't look super, you know, rusty. It wasn't super noticeable, but you got to imagine we're going to be seeing different looking teams in week four and five ish, somewhere around there. Arizona Cardinals come out kind of surprising. Get the win over the 49ers. Garoppolo 259 for two touchdowns. Kyler Murray 91 on the ground with one rushing touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins, that's a big addition. Gives Kyler Murray another weapon. You still have Larry Fitzgerald there. Hopkins, 14 catches, 151. That was nice to see for him. Rams getting the win over the Cowboys. 17 points. Same old, same old. Same old, same old. Jason Garrett out. Mike McCarthy in. Still flat. You're paying a lot of money to a lot of weapons. You got all kinds of receivers. You still got Zeke Elliott. You got Dak. I imagine they're disappointed with 17 points from that offense. But again, it's week one. Not going to condemn them too much for this. I still think they win that division. It'll be interesting to see. But Rams, also Rams Stadium. Wow. That thing looked amazing. It'll be really cool to see when there's fans in there. Looked really cool on the outside. Looked really cool on the inside. That's one I'm going to want to try to get to in my life. Because that thing looked awesome. Monday night games. Not going to break this one down too much because Anton is going to do that. I do not want to steal his thunder. But the Steelers looked pretty damn good to me. 26-16 victory for the Steelers. Daniel Jones actually for the Giants. There's something there. I think that guy's solid. 
I think he's solid. He goes 26 of 41, 279, two touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger obviously making a huge difference for that squad and their offense. James Conner goes down early. Benny Snell seizes the opportunity. I've been saying all this time, if you want to win, put Benny in. He goes 19 for 113. Absolutely happy for that guy and his spinning mouthpiece. Love Benny Snell. Love his attitude. He could not have found a better fit than the Pittsburgh Steelers. He runs angry. He's going to run hard. His personality fits in with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm glad he found his home. Anton told you he got in shape. He did the Le'Veon Bell thing. In his first full offseason, he trimmed down. He looked fleet of foot, and that is not something I would normally say about Benny Snell Jr., but when I saw James Conner early in the game, I text Anton, it looks like he's running in mud or sand or something he looked slow and there weren't necessarily holes there but the accelerator wasn't working right and then when Benny came in he didn't look like that even if there weren't holes there it still looked like the accelerator pedal was working correctly he looked much quicker on his feet and it showed 19 from 113 Anton texted me he thinks Benny's Going to have that number one job for the rest of the season moving forward. I'm sure he'll fill you in on his thoughts on that on his podcast. But I just want to say really happy for Benny Snell Jr. Happy for Roethlisberger to come back and be healthy. The Steelers defense flying all over the place. My other Kentucky guy on the Steelers, Bud Dupree, playing with a lot of energy, making a lot of impact. And that team on defense is fun to watch. Really fun to watch. Steelers are a force to be reckoned with in the AFC. Then in the night game, you had a doozy. Uh, not necessarily in a good way. Titans get the win over the Broncos 16-14. to Steven Goskowski misses three field goals and an extra point, or it wouldn't have been this close. But he does redeem himself and kick the game winner, which I could have kicked getting up off my couch. It was very short. He had to make that one. And Tannehill, 249. Really, nothing super exciting about this game that I can really say. Derrick Henry goes for 116, looking to lead the league in rushing again for the second straight season. Uh, Drew Locke, quarterback for the Broncos. I was not impressed with anything that dude was doing. I'm not sure what they're doing. Vic Fangio, loved him as a defensive coordinator for the Bears, but as a head coach, that guy is horrible. Absolutely horrible. His clock management late in games is worse than mine would be. And I have never had any experience. The guy does not know what to do. Holding on to those timeouts till you get down to 17 seconds left them with nothing they could do. They were already in field goal range. It almost seemed as if he panicked. He didn't know what to do. He didn't look comfortable over there making the decision. I just don't know what was going through his thought process. It reminded me so much of the game against the Bears last year in Mile High where the Bears made a field goal late after the Broncos took a lead. They lead the league in losing games after leading with 30 seconds or fewer. And that is just astounding how many games they've lost since Fangio's been there. I think it was like 0-5, something like that. They just seem to find a way to blow games. The thing was... Tennessee really deserved that game. They really did. Gaskowski missing those field goals, even if you assume he makes two out of the three from 40 plus, but they were, you know, 42, 45, 44, and I think 47, something like that. 
Those are all makeable field goals. Should have been made. Let's just say he makes two out of three, and then he makes the extra point. This game's not even in question. So the team that deserved the win got the win, and that's what mattered here. So let's take a look at some of the weekly stat leaders. It's a little interesting here. Let's see. We got passing numbers. All right. Who led the league in passing this week? Matt Ryan goes for 450, two touchdowns, one interception. I think for me, the stars of the week, Aaron Rodgers, 32 of 44, 364, four touchdowns, no picks. And then you got Russell Wilson, 31 of 35, 322, four touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Mitch Trubisky's stat line looked pretty good at the end of the game. He goes 20 of 36, 242. That's not impressive, but the three touchdowns, no picks. I'll take it. Lamar Jackson, nice little game, three touchdowns, no picks. Really, uh, Carson Wentz got sacked eight times. <laughs> That's not going to do it. That is not going to do it. All right, so let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about Bears, Lions, and just how ugly that was and how the Lions are the only thing that could trump the Bears suck. All right, we'll be right back after a quick word from our host sponsor. Welcome back, everybody. Like I said, we're going to talk Bears and Lions. Obviously, a big talking point in the offseason, bringing in Nick Foles and the quarterback battle that was supposedly ensuing in practice. Now, obviously, Trubisky gets named starter. Not going to bog you down with all the reasons for that, but it is what it is. We've watched this for two years under Nagy one year under Fox. We kind of know what he is at this point. Last year, it was horrible. Looked like an Arena League quarterback for most of the season. The year before that, first year in Nagy's offense, showed some flashes, showed some talent, made some throws, made you feel like this guy's got something. So I feel like the Bears fan base is a fan base divided. And the thing that's dividing them is Mitchell Trubisky. Seems like you're either a, this guy's got the goods, this guy could actually be good, we need to be patient, or you're a, this guy stinks, I already know what I'm looking at, I don't need to wait. I seem to reside in that category. I don't feel like you need to see any more of what he is. And in the first three quarters, that's exactly what He was exactly what he was. He looked like an Arena League quarterback. Before the first touchdown pass in the fourth quarter, 13 of 28, 158 yards, one fumble. Lots of missed throws, lots of three and outs. Very inaccurate with the football. Then the fourth quarter happened. Bears score 21 unanswered. They escape with a 27-23 victory. And while that is amazing and exciting, and I was as pumped as anybody watching during the game, it is a weird time to be a Bears fan. Because at the same time, you realize that because of that performance, Mitch Trubisky gets his leash extended even further. I had a conversation with uh, Brad Spielberger 
on Twitter, uh, at PFF underscore Brad. He is a person who works for Pro Football Focus, which does a lot of analytics in football. He is also a salary cap expert, and he is also a Bears fan. So he puts out a lot of information about the Bears. He has put out numbers, accurate throw percentage for week one, including the fourth quarter for the entirety of the game. Accurate throw percentage. Trubisky ranked 27th this week. Uncatchable inaccurate percentage. So the percentage of those inaccurate passes that were actually uncatchable, not just inaccurate, but just so inaccurate that they could not be caught. He ranked fifth highest. So those are the numbers that are bad. That's the bad stuff. That's the stuff that we all knew existed, and it reared its ugly head again. But that fourth quarter, he showed a lot of moxie, showed some toughness to be able to bounce back and just go wing it. Just go sling it around. He's, again, made some throws that show you, damn, there's a lot there, but that's what's so maddening about Mitchell Trubisky. He will show you the talent, right after he showed you that he should be playing Canadian Football League. It's very frustrating, and we've been watching it. I think it was Mike Golick Jr. tweeted something like, Mitch Trubisky is like a birdie on the 18th hole. He just keeps you coming back for the next round, confusing you, thinking you're actually good at golf. And it is like that. It's just a tease. I'm not going to get too excited about anything he does. Because if you can be that bad... I just have to assume you're that bad. That exactly That's exactly what backup quarterbacks are. Career backups are guys that can show you flashes of being really good and flashes of being really bad. In the first segment, we talked about one of those guys. His name's Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's been a journeyman quarterback because, yes, he's a good guy to have in the locker room. He has flashes of stretches of games where he's really good. And then stretches of games where he's really bad. It's not a coincidence that Trubisky did this against the Detroit Lions. He's now 5-0 in his career, I believe, against the Lions under Nagy. Nagy's 5-0 against the Lions. Trubisky plays well against the Lions. They were also in their secondary. The Lions on that defense were without Desmond Trufant, Justin Coleman, Jeff Okuda, and Jamie Collins. So a depleted secondary that Mitch Trubisky made look like a top five defense, even though that was one of the worst rated defensive units in the league last year. But they got the win. And that is something we need to be excited about and happy about. In 2018, the Bears went 12-4. and And a lot of it was due to the defense creating short fields, creating good opportunities, even scoring. The defense did come up with a big play late in the fourth quarter, Interception by Kyle Fuller. Tip pass. I believe it was Eddie Jackson with the tip. Pass across the middle. Tips it up in the air. Kyle Fuller. But that's what they're going to need the defense to do. They didn't get much pass rush for most of the game. Akeem Hicks did end up with a sack. Khalil Mack, I believe, ranked third in the NFL this week with quarterback hurries. I think he had six. So that was good. I'd still like to see Khalil Mack get to the quarterback more. It did affect the Bears that Robert Quinn was out. That was the guy they brought in 
to help him. To be opposite of him on that defensive line, that opposite of him on the pass rush, where Leonard Floyd used to be. Ironically, Leonard Floyd had a sack, had a sack for the Rams this week. But we have to hope that Robert Quinn will be healthy, keep our fingers crossed moving forward. It'd be nice to have him against the Giants. That's only going to help this team. Danny Trevathan on the defensive side, eh, looked a little slow. He kind of looked like I was saying James Conner looked. He looked like he was running in sand. I thought Roquan flew around. Rookie Jalen Johnson looked really good, made some big plays. Batted that ball down, that last ball in the end zone as time expired. They got lucky that Swift dropped that ball or they're losing that game. But hey, like I said, I tell my wife the whole game. In my life, it feels like the Bears are always cursed. You know, we've got missed field goals off the upright. We've got botching second overall picks. It's not the first time they've done that. But the one thing that can trump the Bears' eternal suckiness is the Detroit Lions' eternal suckiness. And their suckiness outweighed the Bears, and they showed why they are the Lions. Matt Patricia, got to be on the hot seat. His buns are burning. Jim Caldwell was fired after a 9-7 season. And Matt Patricia has nine wins total in his tenure in Detroit. It reminds me of the Bears firing Lovey Smith after going 10-6. And and then hiring Tressman. And we all know that was an absolute disaster. And the Lions are doing exactly what all bad franchises do. Make bad decisions. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. They just keep making bad decisions. Anyways, on the offensive side for the Bears, it looked much better. Even regardless, you know, the first three quarters, Trubisky stunk, but the run game was great. They were moving the line. David Montgomery, 13 carries, 64 yards. Treat Cohen, 7 for 41. Cordell Patterson, 4 for 19. That all looked good. Loved seeing them get Cordell Patterson more touches. That is absolutely necessary. Absolutely necessary. You have to have the ball in his hands somehow. He's going to eventually make some big plays. Did have a nice kick return as well. It was just nice to see them run the ball. David Montgomery, 4.9 average. The Bears average 5.3 a carry, 149 yards on the ground. Last year, that was a big issue for them. They could not run the ball, and they would not commit to running the ball. 28 carries, I love it. I love seeing that. Matt Nagy has swallowed his pride a little bit there, made an adjustment. They look completely different. Their offensive sets they were putting in, they had more use of tight ends, even though Jimmy Graham mistimed a couple jumps. They used tight ends more. It was nice to see. It was just nice to see. It looks like Nagy has made an adjustment. They got Trubisky rolling a couple times. We know normally he's going to throw well on the run. Almost had a touchdown pass to Allen Robinson. Nice defensive play, but he did put that ball right on the money. That was a nice throw. Again, one of those throws that leaves you thinking, wow, this guy's got something. But they got him moving a little bit more. That was nice to see. Nice to see. I'll take 27 points. It should have been more than that. Let's be honest. They should have scored more. They left some points out out there on the field. But come away with the win. Anthony Miller, game-winning touchdown catch. That was a beautiful catch. He had another beautiful catch on the sideline 
Four catches for 76 yards for Anthony Miller and that touchdown. Allen Robinson had another beautiful catch over the middle. He had five for 74. He's not happy about not getting the contract extension. He has removed all of his Chicago Bears stuff off of his, I think, Instagram page or Twitter page, one of those. He's not happy. Looks like maybe the Bears are thinking maybe they're, you know, uh, that franchise tag at the end of the year. I hope they don't do that. The guy deserves a contract extension. I hope they don't tag him. I don't like that tag. I don't. I feel like it, it only makes guys more disgruntled. Just give him the extension. He's one of the best receivers we've had here in a long time. And if you're going to have, whether it's Trubisky or Foles or a new quarterback next year, you got to throw the ball to somebody. I know they're probably excited about some of their young guys. I think Anthony Miller has a really bright future in this league as a big-time playmaker. Darnell Mooney, rookie out of Tulane. I told you he was going to be exciting. I believe it was back when the Bears did their draft. We did an episode, and I, I looked at his highlights. He's electric. He's absolutely electric. He has three for 38, ran a couple good routes. That was wonderful to see from Darnell Mooney. Cordell Patterson with one catch. Jimmy Graham, three for 25 and a touchdown. And Javon Wims had a touchdown catch. So the Bears, you know, getting more guys involved. Second round pick, Cole Komet, uh, one target, and it was a bad one. <laughs> Trubisky threw that ball. Uh, not sure. <laughs> it's almost like his brain and his arm just didn't communicate with each other correctly. It's like brain wanted to go one way, arm wanted to go the other way. Again, just those kinds of things that kind of leave you scratching your head a little bit. Just a little bit. Next week, the Bears get the Giants. I watched that Giants-Steelers game last night. That's a very winnable game. It's a very winnable game. And I told you, the first three games, those are the ones you can't blow because that's where the schedule is the easiest for the Bears. That's where their schedule is absolutely the easiest. You have to take advantage. You got Giants at home. Then you go to the Falcons. That Falcons game is going to be tough. It's in Atlanta. High-powered offense against Trubisky. (laughs) Got to hope the defense can slow them down. Because after that, things get a little tougher. And you get the Colts, which just lost the Jaguars yesterday. But we know in in this league and mostly in professional sports, it doesn't work that way. It's not that you lost to one team. We know any given week teams can come out and beat you. Do I expect because the Colts lost to the Jaguars, all of a sudden that's a an easy win in week four? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Then you get the Buccaneers after that. Then you go to Carolina and you got the Panthers. And then things get tricky. So let's say you got the first six weeks. You need to go four and two in those first six weeks. You just took care of one. Now you got the Giants, Falcons, Colts, Buccaneers, and Panthers. Because then it gets fun. Then you go to L.A. Then you got the Saints. Then you got the Titans, Vikings, Packers, and Lions again. So you get a stretch of one, two, three, four, five games in a row of what should be possible playoff teams if the Rams can get in. Titans, I think, are going to win their division. The Saints are going to win their division. Vikings and Packers should both be playoff contenders. And one of those teams maybe wins the division. If the Bears don't do it, who knows? Then you get the Lions again at home. Then you got Texans, Vikings, Jags, Packers. So these are the kinds of games you just got to win. You know you're probably going to lose a couple that you shouldn't. 
And maybe you win a couple that you shouldn't. Maybe. It does help the Bears that seven teams are getting in the playoffs this year instead of just the usual six. But if they want to be in that conversation, if they want to be in contention later in the year, playing meaningful games, which is what I want from this season. I just want to watch meaningful football later in the season. I want Thanksgiving to matter. I want to feel like around Thanksgiving that we're still playing for something. And then that takes you right into December and you're playing for something. Last game of the year, January 3rd, a 1 p.m. game right now, slated for 1 p.m. against Green Bay. So we want to be playing meaningful games all the way through the season. Mr. Trubisky, 242 yards, QBR of 55, quarterback rating, passer rating, whatever. These numbers are so stupid, but it was 104. He did have the three touchdowns and the no interceptions. That is one thing I will say about Trubisky in this game. For as inaccurate as he was in the first three quarters and even some in the fourth quarter, he didn't throw very many balls that I thought were interception possibilities. There was maybe one that I can remember that was like, ooh, that was that was lucky. But for the most part, it's bad throws or bad throws that were uncatchable by anybody. So I guess if you're going to be inaccurate, be wildly inaccurate, not just a little bit. <laughs> a lot of open receivers, though. It looked good. We just got to see. We just have to see. Give it some time. There was no preseason, but he didn't play a preseason last year either. So it's just hard to know what to make of that. I do feel more comfortable having Nick Foles over there on the bench as much as I hate how they got him here. It shouldn't have taken a fourth-round pick. I don't, li- I don't like $21 million guaranteed for a backup quarterback if that's what he's going to be. I don't think they're sold on Trubisky, but you just have to roll with it. You get a win, and we'll just go week by week with this thing. He's bought himself another week. You're going to see how he looks against the Giants. Then you're going to see how he looks against the Falcons. And if you're winning games, you're probably going to stick with it. But you have to be careful. Nagy has to be very careful. One of the fastest ways I know to lose this team is to keep throwing that guy out there. If he looks like he did the first three quarters, you can't keep putting him out there. It's dejecting. You could see it on the Bears' defensive players last year, all season, realizing they have to play perfect football, and they're going to be on the field for 40 out of 60 minutes because the Bears led the league in three and outs. That puts the defense on the field, and they know they're going to be on the field a lot, and they have to play almost perfect because the margin of error is almost zero because your offense is only scoring 16, 17 here and there. So if that's going to be the case, you saw it in this game. In those first three quarters, you could tell they were out of gas, and I don't think it was out of gas as much as they were choosing not to hit the pedal. They looked dejected. Because it looked like the thought process that was going on in their head was the same one I was having in my recliner chair, which was, here we go again. Nothing's changed. He looks horrible. Here we go again. We have to watch this. This is what we're doing. We brought in that other quarterback, and this is what we're doing. All this talk about his accuracy in practice, his footwork is improved. There were plenty of plays. You can find them on Twitter. You can find them wherever you want. The footwork was not better, and the accuracy was not better. I just told you the number. 
Accurate throw percentage. He ranked 27th in the league. Uncatchable and accurate ball percentage. Fifth highest. So obviously the accuracy wasn't better. And that's against a depleted secondary. Not good. Not good. But you could see the look on the defenders' faces. You could just see it. Lack of energy. And in that fourth quarter, no shock. They start making a run. And they start bringing more energy. They start flying around a little bit more. Akeem Hicks was getting them pumped up. Love to see that out of the big guy. He was fired up. Moving the line of scrimmage, getting to the quarterback. Loved it. Loved it. So hopefully this gives Mitch Trubisky some confidence moving forward. He seems to be a guy that plays better when he's confident. I'm not sure what's shaking his confidence. I guess you could see why would he be confident? As much as we say how bad he sucks, do we think that he's oblivious to, like, knowing that? I mean, we, he knows. He knows what he's doing out there. He sees what he's not doing out there, and he sees what everybody's saying about him. His teammates know what he is, and he knows his teammates know what he is. But a fourth-quarter performance like that, that does take something. I will give him credit for that. You play like shit for three quarters and then come back and do that in the fourth quarter, that takes something. I'm not sure if it's enough long-term, but I will hand it to him. And nobody wants to be wants to be wrong more than I do. Because if Trubisky's good, that's good for the Bears, and I've been a Bears fan my whole life. And I would love for them to luck into this thing working out. It looks like they blew it. Wouldn't that be something if it turned around and was actually, he turned into a a legitimate franchise quarterback? It's not going to happen, I don't think. It's not very likely at this point in a guy's career. You kind of are what you are. I mean, this is like what happened to Mark Sanchez. Comes in with the Jets, had a good defense. Rex Ryan had that defense flying around. They go to the playoffs a couple years in a row. And then they realize that he's just Mark Sanchez. And he's a backup quarterback for the rest of his career. He was a top five pick, but he's a backup quarterback for the rest of his career. He's a good guy to have in the locker room. He's a good guy to have in the quarterback room, which is by all accounts what Trubisky is. He's a good kid. I'm pulling for him. He seems like a, a hard worker. He's a nice kid. His teammates certainly seem to like him as bad as he is. They, they like him. That says a lot about him. So I'm pulling for Trubisky. As much as I hate on the guy, it's because I like the Bears more than I like Trubisky. And I don't want to see a defense wasted. The window will be closing. We're not the Patriots, who seem to have a never-ending window. We're not run that well. We're not the Steelers. Never have been. We've had some elite years, some really good stretches. We had some stretches with... Lovey that was was fun and competitive and they were good. A couple years under Dick Jerron, they were good. You know? Obviously the Super Bowl in the late 80s. Super Bowl appearance under Lovey. 12 and 4 in Nagy's first year. But in between most of those seasons are are let's face it, mediocrity. It's not as bad as the Lions. Just somewhere right in the middle. You know, you go 5 and 11, 8 and 8, 7 and 9, 
Six and ten. How many of those seasons have we had? You just can't get away from those seasons. It'd be nice if this was the group that turned us into a consistently good team, a consistent contender. Even last year in a bad year, they go eight and eight. But that's what was wrong with last year. It just felt like every other year. Good defense, bad quarterback. The 12-4 and year, Nagy's first year. That was exciting. You could write that off because, oh, it's Trubisky's second year. He's only going to continue to grow in the offense. This is great. This is wonderful. But then it went backwards in the second year on Nagy's system. And that's what was concerning. It's your second year in the system. It should have gotten better. All the positive things we heard going into that season turned out to not be true. And all the positive things we heard going into this one, supposedly, in the first three quarters, certainly looked to not be true. But you get a win. And in this league, there's nothing more valuable than the win. They're very hard to come by. They should not be taken for granted. You go into Detroit, you go on the road, raucous fake crowd, and you get a win. You steal one. You got to feel good about that. We got the Giants next week. We'll talk more about that. That's going to wrap it up for me. Like I said, be looking out for Anton's show tomorrow. He's going to break down tonight's NBA action and give you some Steelers coverage if that's your jam. Friday, we will be talking more NBA basketball. We will have results, obviously, and look forward to the Western Conference Finals. And we should be two games into the Eastern Conference Finals. The second game of that is on Thursday. So we'll talk that, and then we'll look forward to the weekend of football that will be coming ahead and talk more about our our matchups with Bears and Steelers and just whatever we find interesting looking forward to week two. Glad to have football back. Glad to have you guys here with me, and I am also glad to be here. So... As always, the balls do roll, bounce, and fly, but they damn sure don't lie, and neither do I, and neither does that Anton guy. Tune in tomorrow. We'll see you soon. Have a good one, everybody. Later, dudes.